You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start covering the Chargers, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, five seasons ago. Now, I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked on sent you. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show today. A special thank you to those who are checking out the show today for the first time. We really appreciate you guys and the loyal fans for checking back in with us again today. If you don't already, make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. But hope everyone enjoyed our kind of training camp recap yesterday. And we know there's been a ton of news coming from training camp. And like I know, we're both interested in it. We've been trying to cover that as much as we can, but we wanted to switch it up in segment one today. We have an article from Shield Capadia from The Athletic ranking all of the offenses in the NFL, and the Chargers come in fifth on that list. So we're going to talk about the reasoning there. In the second segment, we're going to get into some notes from Gilbert Manzano of the OC Register about some injuries that are happening on the Chargers and what that means for the guys who are injured as far as their chances of making the roster or maybe losing some snaps. And we'll also talk about the offensive line having a little bit of a struggle early on, which is to be expected. But to wrap up the show, we have some more good sound that we got from Darius Wynn, the Chargers special teams coach, and Justin Jones talking about why he loves Brandon Staley and also what the defense is going to bring to offenses that they're going against that is going to be very hard for them to keep up with. So, so much good stuff. Let's go ahead and get into it. So, David, we've been talking a ton about training camp, but you sent me an article today that I thought was very worth talking about, and it's from The Athletic, and it's not from Daniel Popper, but this was Shield Capadia from The Athletic ranking all of the offenses in the NFL, number one through number 32. Last season, the Chargers came in 15th place as far as what their offense was going into the season. The Chargers had a big leap this year, David, because this year they come in at fifth. That's pretty crazy. I mean, they're only behind some really, really good established offenses like Kansas City and the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and teams that, you know, we know have great offenses. Number five is high, right? There's a lot of good offenses in the league. So I was definitely wondering what the explanation was going to be for that. And he said it was kind of a surprise pick there because most of the other teams were very close to those rankings last year as well. The Chargers are jumping up. So David... The Chargers are fifth here, and some of the reasonings they have, I mean, having some guys come back healthy is a big part of it. Having a new and improved offensive line is a part of it. But the coaching is going to be a big part of it as well. And what he says is the scheme and play calling did Justin Herbert no favors last year. The run game was one of the worst in the NFL, and the offensive line was a disaster. Even with all that, the Chargers still finished seventh in passing DVOA. But that's what's so exciting about this season, David, is We know that they didn't always do what we wanted them to do, especially making Justin Herbert's life easier. And he kind of excelled through it, third down touchdowns, making big plays and bailing out the offense. But I think that is a reason you could see a leap like this because now there's new coaches in place that could use it a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. And I I think with uh, Brandon Staley in place and Joe Lombardi 
Uh, and even Darius Winton helping him, uh, you know, keep track of what, what the time is in the game. I, he's going to be able to make better decisions. We know Brandon Staley is big in analytics. We know that he's going to be a little more aggressive when he's going forward on fourth down. We think they're, they're going to have a better running game uh, because they're taking some, some running game concepts from the San Francisco 49ers, who's, you know, had a really good running game. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has, uh, has a lot of great concepts over there, and the Chargers are trying to adopt that. You know, they took Shane Day from that system and put him in the Chargers system. So I think that's going to—all of those aspects are going to be reasons why this coaching staff is going to be a big benefit for this offense this upcoming season. One, although I think that the Chargers, you know, did put up some pretty— alarming statistics as far as how bad their running game was, but their offense was still considered one of the better ones in the league because of how much they threw the ball and how good Justin Herbert was. But it can get a lot better, right? I mean, that just wasn't the best last year. Even though it's like, hey, they have to give them credit for Justin Herbert doing so good, he could have been even better, and hopefully that's what they're tapping into right now. And I think Justin Herbert just getting more comfortable, getting more experience, being able to decipher disguised defenses is another thing that could cause a leap like this up to number five. But it's hard to not look at the offensive line, David, and think that's going to be the number one thing because, yes, it's going to help with the running game. We haven't seen it yet in training camp, and we'll talk about that later. But it is, once these guys start to gel, it's going to be a better running game than what the Chargers had last year with the worst run-blocking unit in the NFL. And I think out of all the reasons that you could – easily see okay this is why the offense is going to get better I think you have to look at guys like Matt Filer Corey Lindsley and Rashawn Slater no question about it I mean there's no other way to look at it I mean last year you had a lot of question marks when you looked at that offensive line you're you're looking at guys where they were playing positions that you didn't really expect or that they didn't play before or they just didn't play well and they think this year you don't have a lot of question marks as far as at least the first five guys are going to be out there playing for you. I mean, you feel really good about everyone that's going to go out there and be blocking for Justin Herbert. And they're going to give him more time to throw the ball. They're going to open up more holes in the running game. They're going to make this offense more efficient. I've been waiting for this for a long time, and I can't wait for that to manifest itself on the football field for the Chargers. It's going to make a major difference. The offensive line is a huge reason why this Chargers offense is going to be much better this season. One, I mean, especially with Justin Herbert's arm, right, just being able to buy that extra tenth of a second in some situations is going to be able to open up the offense to hit areas of the field where when you're getting rushed right away, you didn't have access to because you just didn't have time to hold on to it and then throw deep down the field. You had to go to a crazy max protection thing where you have like two receivers running routes, and that's just a lot different. So that's a huge reason to be encouraged that it's going to be much better, even if it takes them a little bit of time in training camp to gel. But if, when we're looking at other ways that they could make a leap, I wanted to talk about the skill position players because, yes, he does have Austin Eckler, you know, and stuff like that that we've already seen in the Chargers offense before, right? We've seen Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So that's not going to be re a reason that you jump because those guys have already been there, right? But I do think a reason that it could jump is because you do have a new running back, Larry Roundtree. We don't know what he's going to bring yet. But more specifically, Tyron Johnson could have a much bigger role this year. And he was really, really good for the Chargers in very, very limited snaps. You can't really tell by his numbers, but when he was out there, he was incredibly efficient. And you're throwing Josh Palmer into the mix, who's been really impressive so far. I don't think he's going to get, you know, the second most targets, you know, necessarily. But 
he's out there right now with a lot of NFL dudes that he's going up against, and he looks like he fits in. So you feel like he could add something to the offense. So a bigger role for Tyron Johnson and adding Josh Palmer into the mix are two reasons I think the Chargers offense could be better in 2021. Yeah, I mean, they just have a lot of weapons. There's so many different receivers in that group that Justin Herbert can throw the ball to. I mean, Keenan Allen, Mr. Reliable, Mike Williams, the jump ball guy who always seems to really perform when the lights are on bright and when your team really needs to play, he goes out there and gives it to you. Josh Palmer's showing a lot of great things so far in training camp. Some good strong hands, some really good route running. I mean, an NFL-sized body. I mean, Tyron Johnson looks like he's still developing. He's getting better day after day. They have a lot of different weapons. And then you add Jared Cook into the mix, who has 16 touchdowns the last two seasons. A guy who's, yeah, a little bit older, 13th year in the in 13th year in the NFL, but still incredibly productive. A guy who's really comfortable in this offense, who knows these passing concepts, and it seems like he's already establishing a very good rapport with Justin Herbert. A lot of weapons on this offense, and I think they're going to go out there and perform much better, and I can't wait to see it. And even if they're much better, right, I mean, they would have to be a lot better to be number five in the NFL, just because there are a lot of good offenses out there. But it will have to be more balanced. You have to at least be efficient when you're running the ball, even if you're not running the ball as much as the Ravens are or the 49ers or things like that. You still have to have it be a threat and have it be an efficient part of your offense to be a good offense. But just as far as the leap, going from 15 to 5 and why that could happen for the Chargers, I mean, new playmakers on offense, a new and improved offensive line, Justin Herbert in his second year and a brand new coaching staff, who seem to be great communicators and great teachers. I think those are all reasons to think that the Chargers could have a very formidable offense in 2021. But we do have two more segments to get into. So coming up next, we're going to talk about some player injuries that have happened. Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton are banged up. What does that mean for their chances to win that wide receiver three spot? Brian Bulaga had to leave practice on Tuesday. And Ryan Smith, the special teams ace, has also gotten a little bit banged up. So we're going to talk about what that means for the Chargers and also talk about why the offensive line might take a little while to gel because of how many guys they're replacing and the connection between Justin Herbert and Corey Lindsley. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. I know I like to bet on sports, guys. I love doing it because there's so many good things to bet on. And I mean, it just makes games so much more interesting, even if it's sports you don't really care about. If you have something riding on it, I mean, those games start to get a lot more interesting. But right now, you can still bet on the Olympics, and that is like a buffet free-for-all of anything you'd want to bet on, any kind of weird sport that you want to get in on. You can find a bet for it at betonline.ag, and you can still bet on the big ones like baseball going on. You have a interim heavyweight title fight this weekend in UFC that you guys could be betting on. Do you think it's Cyril Gaon? Do you think it's going to be Derek Lewis? A lot of great things to bet on right now, guys, and we can even get you started with a little bump. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David, well, we did talk a little bit about the offensive line to end the last segment, so I do want to talk about an article here from Gilbert Manzano of the OC Register, who did have some camp notes and stuff. Had an updated list of all the guys who weren't practicing or had to leave practice today. But he also had something to say about the offensive line that I thought was very interesting. And basically what he said is Corey Lindsley and the Chargers offensive line are still in the adjustment phase. 
but facing a stout defensive line in practices with Coach Brandon Staley calling the plays could help the new unit grow together quickly before week one of the regular season when they play the Washington football team. So this is something that I think has been out there kind of if you're reading the tea leaves of training camp so far. I mean, if you're talking about what's been more impressive, the offensive line or the defensive line, so far has been the defensive line. And I think partially it's because we've got to see half a practice in pads, right? So it's kind of too early to fully evaluate it. But Corey Lindsley talked about, you know, it is an adjustment with Justin Herber. I mean, he went from Aaron Rodgers to now Justin Herber. That's going to be a lot different, right? So there's a lot of things they have to work out the kinks for. And he said, to their credit, they're figuring it out. They're asking a lot of questions, right? They're trying their best to kind of expedite the process. But I don't think there's any reason to be concerned about it at this point, David. I still think it's going to be a much improved group. I don't think we've seen the best of them yet, obviously, this training camp. But yeah, I mean, this is going to be a storyline throughout training camp, throughout the preseason, all those things, because it is going to be tough to get a new offensive line that has four new starters completely on the same page and gelling completely. Yeah, it takes time. It it doesn't happen immediately. And I mean, if you've ever ever played offensive line or ever played football, you got to get in sync. You got to get comfortable with your teammates. You got to know how they communicate. You got to know how they move. Corey Lindsley was talking about how, you know, he was uh, uh, talking about a block with Ode Abushi and how they weren't really on the same page with that. And they had to talk through that. Those are things that are going to happen in training camp. That's what you have to use this time for. You got to use those offseason workouts. You got to use training camp to really understand how the people are going to play next to you and how you, how they communicate, how they listen and how they go out there and execute. I mean, once they get that stuff down, they're going to they're going to be great. I mean, all these guys have played a lot of football with the exception of Rashawn Slater, who is probably one of the better technical uh left tackles that have come out of the draft in the last couple of years. So I'm not really too worried about that, but it's just going to take time. This doesn't happen automatically. I feel comfortable that when the season starts, these guys are going to be ready to go. And I think for the most part, when you've seen them in one-on-ones from what we've heard, they're still holding their own. And, you know, a lot of that's been with no pads on. And the other thing, as Corey Lindsley kind of referred to, is they're going up against a very tough defense to have to go up against. A pain when, in the butt. Yeah, I mean, he said it's a pain in the butt, man. You have to be on your stuff. He brings a ton of looks. But, like, if you're trying to all get on the same page, one of the hardest things to do is going to be go up against a defensive coordinator who's just going to change everything all the time. So, like, there's going to be a lot of mistakes. And really... Where that hurts you the most chemistry-wise is in the running game because you're expecting the guy on the left and right of you to do certain things, especially in the running game, not just block the man in front of you necessarily. So I think that's going to struggle early on, especially in training camp. Then as they start getting on the same page more, those holes will start to open up. They'll start to get in sync because in the running game, you really, really have to be dialed in on what all five guys are doing and exactly what you're doing to help out the guys next to you. So I think that's going to be the thing that takes a little bit of time but one thing that's going to be huge for them is having Brian Brulaga out there because he's arguably their best offensive lineman when he's healthy right at his best he was the best of these guys now Corey Lindsay probably has an argument you know Rashawn Slater probably wants to get in on the conversation already as a rookie but he's super important and that's all I'm really trying to say here he had to leave practice according to Gilbert Manzano and several other reporters because of a right hand injury as we're hearing it is right now This is concerning, David. I mean, I know that they've been limiting his snap counts, right? He's not getting a ton of snaps, at least in the team drills and when they're having to get physical with guys and stuff like that. And he doesn't really need it, I don't think. But this is why, you know, whoever is the next tackle up for this team is going to be 
so important because we know how good Brian Bulaga is. But last year, we also saw how much time he can miss. So I'm not super concerned, especially if it's a you know a hand injury. Pretty much any hand injury you'd think could be recovered from by the time the Chargers start their season. But it's just a disturbing trend to be already hearing about this early on in training camp. It is, for sure. I mean, they did say that the wrap that he had on his hand, that he took it off before he got on the bus to leave. So, I mean, that's encouraging. And, yeah, he doesn't need a lot of time. He's played a lot of football in this league. He's been around a long time. But the injury issues, it, they're a concern. I mean, last year he played, what, like 40% of the snaps? I mean, they really need him to go out there and be able to play and be able to stay on the field. I mean, one thing that kind of I saw on Twitter that was really interesting but was is really true from Peter Bukowski, who's the Lockdown Packers host, he said you really need seven to eight good offensive linemen because injuries, they happen in the NFL. You have to be ready for them. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So you really have to have good quality backups, and who knows? I mean, we'll see how these guys perform. The, char- the Chargers might add some guys as some cuts get made. I mean, that might happen. Yeah, I mean, the, the next guy the next guy up at tackle has to be ready, whether that's Storm Norton, whether that's Trey Pipkins. They have to be ready to go in there and be able to perform because, unfortunately, Brian Bilaga has not shown us that he's going to be able to stay on the field. Hopefully that changes, but we haven't seen it yet. And at this point in his career with that injury history, I mean, it's going to be a concern for the rest of his career. I mean, if he goes out and plays 16 games this season, I'll still go into 2022 kind of, you know, being a little bit concerned about it just because he is a guy that gets banged up a lot. But, yeah, 38% I'd love to see last it. year. I would love to see it, too. You know, maybe that's maybe I'm putting it out into the ether that way. Maybe that comes Speak to Speak it into existence, Daniel. But, unfortunately, that isn't the only injury that we've seen. And we don't know, for the most part, how significant any of those things are. I mean, Brandon Staley is definitely keeping that stuff close to the vest at this point. You're only getting little morsels of information, but... We do know that Jalen Guyton had to leave practice today. He was in the medical tent. We know Tyron Johnson had to miss practice yesterday and also wasn't out there again today. And also Ryan Smith got injured on Monday's practice as well. So that means a few guys are banged up. We haven't heard anything devastating, right? I mean, we don't know how injured these Knock guys on wood. are. Of course, of course. But like. Either way, it's just guys getting banged up, which is going to happen. We haven't seen any reports of any season-ending injuries or anything like that. That's a good, you know, that's good at this point of the season. You, you start to see him going around, going on throughout the league. But I do want to talk about how it kind of impacts them because we know even if Brian Buaga misses four weeks, he's going to be the starting right tackle if he's available week one. Some of these guys aren't afforded that, right, especially Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson. And for me, I would be more worried if I was Jalen Guyton just because if you're Tyron Johnson, at least in the very short amount of time that you were out there before, you know, got banged up and he should be back soon, hopefully, you were able to make your stamp on some of those practices. You were about to have some wow moments, right? He already has some of those. I don't know if we have any wow moments from Jalen Guyton during this camp, so it's hard to say that that won't have any impact, David. And I think that is what is so tough about training camp is it's not just go out there, give it your all, impress everyone you can, but it's also stay on the field because the one way you cannot have any highlights, I mean, being on a practice field with, you know, two drops but maybe doing some other impressive things is probably better for you than just missing three weeks, right? So I think that is the tough thing about training camp and these guys right now, it's not their fault, you know, injuries happen and things like that, but the harsh reality is, is when you're a receiver fighting for snaps, maybe fighting for a roster spot, that's very, very valuable time to lose. 
especially with this receiving core. This receiving core is stacked, Daniel. There's a lot of phenomenal weapons in this group. And for Jalen Guyton and for guys that are at the, the back end that are trying to fight for their spots, availability truly is the best ability. You got to have those opportunities because the less opportunities you have to get those ICUs, uh, as they say, I mean, the, the flashes on tape, the less opportunities you have to make this roster. So Jalen Guyton, whatever is ailing him, Tyron Johnson too, whatever is ailing those guys, they got to get that right and get healthy and get back on the field because opportunities is what's, what it's all about. One, if you're hurt too, it's like you can't put your best foot forward either, right? So it's like, it's not like you're saying suck it up and get back out there because it's like if no. you're compromised, then you can't really put your best foot forward anyways. I'm just talking about how unfortunate it is, right? Just because that's why training camp, making NFL rosters, and keeping positions that you've already had is so it's tough. It's the reality, man. It's so, it's so tough. It really is a league of attrition. So obviously, I'm pulling for both of those guys to get back out there, Tyron Johnson and obviously Jalen Guyton because it's like, you want all those guys at full strength so you know exactly who should make the team. And the tougher the decision it is, probably is the better thing for your roster. So that is the situation right now. No injuries that we're super concerned with at this point. Still going pretty positive on that note. And hey, let's just keep positive energy around it, right? We're talking about a couple injuries, but I think for the most part, it's been going pretty good, knock on wood. But hey, we're going to be positive. We're just going to keep those positive vibes going about injuries and Keep it going. Keep the process going. And I'm a little scared as I'm talking about this. So let's move on to the next segment because we did have some good press conference sound from Justin Jones talking about Brandon Staley and what their defense is going to be so hard, why their defense is going to be so hard to stop. And also Darius Swinton teaching us about special teams and life and evaluations and much more. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official... That if you ever need any kind of auto part, there's only one place to go, and that is rockauto.com. I've used Rock Auto already a handful of times since they became our sponsor just because I was like, hey, it does sound nice to not have to go into a chain auto parts store and ask the guy at the counter to search something for me just so he can inevitably tell me that it's going to you know, take a month to get delivered into the store, and I still have no idea whether I'm getting a good price or not. I tried it. It worked. I've used it for my fiance's Camry. I've also used it for my 4Runner. But the best thing about rockauto.com is they have a huge inventory. And whatever you find on there, you know you're going to get the best price. Because whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, everybody gets the same price with rockauto.com. So I've used it. Take the convenient way out, guys. Go to rockauto.com. If you need a part, you can know that you're getting a great price. And you're not even going to have to leave your house. But Anything you need, you're going to find it there, whether it's brake parts, whether it's tail lamps or whatever. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? And they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, David. Well, it's been hard to keep up with all the press conferences, but have there always been this many? I mean, I'm, I'm no, not. No, it doesn't just, feel like talking. it, man. Okay. It really doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I know. I mean, it seems like there's been so many, and I love it because I do think we're getting, you know, little bits and pieces. And Content. It seems like, I mean, yeah, and it just seems like more transparent. Like, I mean, it doesn't yes. seem like these guys are super begrudgingly getting up there. And I think what that's led to, and I think part of the reason is they feel empowered by their new coaching staff. And I think the other thing is, you know, maybe watching Brandon Staley all day makes you just want to go up there, be super transparent, be super honest about stuff. 
Maybe that's what's happening. But either way, we've been getting some really good stuff. And Darius Swinton, who is the new special teams coach, was at the podium on Tuesday talking about a bunch of different things. But one of the things he seemed reluctant to really talk about was kind of where guys stood in position battles on special teams, right? Because you have guys like Joe Reed, who we know if he's going to make the team, he's probably going to be the kick returner as well. And maybe that jack of all trades on offense. But he was the best returner in the country coming out of college. That was his bread and butter. So that means, you know, that's going to be a huge thing for him. And the kicker competition is obviously huge too. But basically what he was saying is like, there's just so many things, David, that you have to evaluate before you could even come to any decision like that, especially five days in. Yeah, I mean, he says, hey, I mean, when we're evaluating these guys, we're looking at absolutely everything. We're evaluating them in the meetings. We're evaluating them on the field. We're evaluating them in preseason. But, hey, these guys have only been out there and performed in pads once. I mean, there's just not enough data. There's not enough information to go out there and say, hey, this guy is performing better than the other. He, He used the example for long snappers. He says, these guys snap in pads. These guys snap in pads. So, I mean, that's what they do. They have to... For them to get a real evaluation, they have to get them in a, in the most game-like situations. And according to the CBA, they can only be in pads so many so many times in training camp. So, I mean, they're going to have to look at the collective. They're going to have to look at every single thing that they're doing. And they need more information. So Darius Swinton just saying, hey, I mean, I can't really give you who's ahead because I just can't tell you right now. Exactly. I mean, and... It would be really crazy if he was, you know, just be the first coach ever to be like, hey, actually, this guy's in first place right now, and this guy's in second place, (laughs) and then this guy's a very, very distant third. So we are getting some transparency, but not quite that much transparency from the Chargers coaching staff, but it would be pretty interesting, right, to be a fly in the wall of what these meetings are going to look like, because there's going to be a lot of really tough decisions, but I loved what Darius Wynn had to say, I mean... When the guy talks, you feel like you're learning how to be an NFL player just because of how easily he breaks things down and how he kind like of puts Brandon it. Staley. I can listen to Darius Swinton all day. Exactly, it's so bite-sized, right? It's so informative. Everything that he says, I mean, I just love to hear it. So Darius Swinton, one of the many coaches on this staff, that when they're talking to you, you want to listen to it. And I really enjoyed his vibe. A couple other notes is you have to get the horse to the derby, right? About just keeping guys healthy to get on the field. Nazir Adderley is a Tesla because he sneaks up on you. You don't hear him coming, and then he's by you. Uh, but he has to wait to set some things up offensively. Him and Tavon Campbell, the Teslas of the Chargers. Yeah, that was, but, that was interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely was. It definitely was. But he had some more interesting stuff today. But I do want to look at Justin Jones because he had a four-and-a-half-minute press conference. But I liked what I was hearing from Justin Jones. And let's keep it on this Brandon Staley topic because I really – have loved hearing how all these guys have received Brand Staley because it's like, hey, I know that feeling. Like, uh, this is terrible for a podcast, but I feel like it's that once upon a time in Hollywood, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV and like, look, look, here I come. You know, that's me. Like, when I hear (laughs) these players at the press conference reacting to how they feel about Brand Staley, it's like, that's what I feel like when I hear him talk because it is so different. But basically what he said was, when talking about Brand Staley, Number one is his energy, the energy he brings to the meetings. He's a real vocal guy, and he's really animated when he talks. And you can tell he really believes in what he's saying. And David, he said that he's gone out of every meeting so far. Like, damn, that's a good coach. And it's weird because that's how I've ended every time I've watched the Brandon Staley press conference. 
Absolutely. I mean, you're just captivated. I mean, just the the knowledge, the way he explains things, the way he says things, just and and the inflection, the tone, everything's nice. I mean, it just everything sounds very, very good. I mean, and I think that's why everyone's really excited. And yes, trust me, I know the Chargers have not played any football games up to this point. I am very well aware of that. And they still have to go out there and they still have to perform. But I mean, when every single person says something about Brandon Staley and it's all consistent, it's all kind of uh, in unison, I mean, it's got to be real. I mean, they, they these players have definitely bought in to Brandon Staley as their head coach. Even Linval Joseph saying he's 38 years old, he's a little bit young, but I believe him. I, I want to follow him. He's like, I, I'm going to get another contract. I mean, Justin Jones saying those same things. He says, he just says, you know, he is who he is as a person. He loves to be around people. You know, even the way, you know, he shakes your hand, you can just tell everything's genuine. And he even said, hey, he's got the freedom to make adjustments. I mean, I just love it. I mean, you can just hear it with every single player. Everyone is saying the same thing. They're all echoing the same sentiments. Justin Jones definitely has some buy-in. And I want to see Justin Jones perform this year. I mean, he needs to. I want to see some pass rush. I want to see some added dimensions. I want to see what he looks like in this new defense. Yeah, me too. And, I mean, he sounds really excited about his role. And, I mean, I think we've heard that kind of out of him the last couple of years. But this is the year I at least believe it the most because I do think that this defensive front is going to have you know, and cause problems in a way that has led other defensive linemen that maybe aren't super highly thought of in the past under Brandon Staley turn into defensive linemen that are very highly thought of. Like Morgan Fox last year, pretty you know average coming off the bench guy ends up having six sacks on the interior. Like Stuff like that is reason to believe that you could get more out of guys that we haven't seen the Chargers get more from in the past, but I did think it was really interesting what he was saying about the defense and basically just saying like our defense is going to be so tough for them. Like I know it's going to be tough for offensive linemen and the other team to get because we are working so hard to learn this defense and doing so many different things and adjusting week by week that you're not going to be able to scheme up something in a week for something that it took us an entire offense to kind of figure out. Yeah, he said we're we're not going to be a standstill defense. I mean, which is going to be really hard to beat. You know, he said it's really refreshing. It's really going to confuse guys, and it's going to change game by game. Which that's just beautiful. I mean, I love to hear that because last year they didn't make any adjustments. They didn't do anything. They didn't change quarter to quarter. They didn't change game to game. They played the same damn defense, the same scheme all year long, and it didn't work. That is not going to be a Brandon Staley defense. They're going to throw everything at you and the kitchen sink. They're going to try to confuse you. They're going to try to beat you mentally. They're going to try to make you think and that's what it's going to take. That's what it takes in the NFL to be successful. That's why Brandon Staley's defense was the number one defense in the NFL, and he's bringing that to the Chargers. Yeah, he said they're not going to know who's blitzing, who's coming, who's not coming. We're showing different people on the line. We're pulling guys away, bringing guys all the time. That's all stuff that you know is coming from a Brandon Staley defense, and like that is the toughest thing to kind of go up against when you don't know what a team is going to bring at you every week. As opposed to a defense where the other team knows exactly, for the most part, what you're going to bring on them every week, right? So it is very encouraging. Obviously, we'll have to see it take effect. But if you're looking at the defensive line so far, I mean, they have been impressive in practice. It's hard to tell if that's just because there's no pads on. And I'm not really ready to buy too much of that stock yet. 
I am still very encouraged because I've seen Brandon Staley do this with dudes I didn't think very highly of. I think that unit's going to be really good, and I think it has to be because those guys have to win one-on-ones. They have to be confusing the offensive linemen and getting penetration and causing chaos in the backfield. And so far at practice, they've been doing that. So all things to be encouraged about going forward if you're the Chargers. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Hey, maybe we'll do some voicemails tomorrow. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show and we don't have a ton to go over from training camp, make sure to call into 323-524-7924. We have some, but a lot of them are really old. If you guys want to get your voice on the show, make sure to call in that number and give us your question, your training camp take, or whatever. But if you also don't already, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the new Odyssey app, or Google Podcasts. If you guys like the show, also make sure to rate and review as well so we can keep doing it. I really appreciate that. We have big news because me and David, as it stands now, are going to be both going to FanFest at SoFi Stadium this upcoming Sunday. David is going to be flying out from Texas. I'm super excited about it. We've only met a handful of times in person or once in person. I don't even know. But... Either way, me one and David time reuniting. in five years. Yeah, for the you know the first time in at least a few years at SoFi Stadium at FanFest to cover that for you guys and see all the fans and stuff like that. So excited about that! But we will still be bringing you the best from training camp for the rest of the week, the best sound, the biggest news, all of that stuff. And to make sure you never miss a show as well, you can also follow us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports. David on Twitter at DrotalkSD and the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can also find our Locked On Chargers Facebook page and our at Locked On Chargers Instagram page as well. We appreciate you guys checking out today's show. Super excited to continue bringing the latest from training camp and much more. But that's going to do it for us today. Until tomorrow, guys, take it easy and go Bulls.